Hi, you are listening to episode 19 of Desi Geek Girls. I am Preeti Chibber. And I'm Swapna Krishna, and we are recording, recording the on Sunday, December 17th. And it's The Last Jedi. Preeti and I are just looking at each other. Ugh. Okay, so this is going to be hard to talk about because there's I feel like there's so much to unpack in this movie. There's a lot to unpack. I literally have not stopped talking about it since I saw it. You've seen it twice. I've seen it twice. And, and okay, so this was a really actually hard experience for me because I saw it on Monday at a press screening and then could not talk about it with anybody for four days. And I think for the first time I had to come to like, cause usually with any big movie, I talk about it with people and that's kind of how I solidify my opinions. And in this case I had to talk about it and write about it because I can't, I could talk about it with other people who'd seen it, but I, as you and I have discussed, I am very, very selective about who I talk about stuff I love with because right. I just, I like, especially Star Wars because it's so emotional. Like it's hard for me to be logical about it. And so I'm just very selective. And well, it's also this- that, you know, I've only seen it once, but I came out of this movie like immediately being like, this is going to be an incredibly divisive movie. Yes. Like I can see people who are going to hate this. Yes. And I can see people who are going to love it. And I can see all of the different, like reactions coming and they were all going to be emotional and they were all going to be like feel like really high stakes right and I I could tell like I think people like it was going to be a love it or hate it movie Mm -hmm. like I could tell and I was just like I respect that people didn't like it and I think they're like I think there are things to not like about it but I personally really liked it I, I came out of it with like so blindsided and I was just like that was one of the best theater going experiences I've ever had because it was just such a shocking movie it was yes I agree and I think initial reaction was I came out of it same just kind of being like the I just kept saying over and over like yeah that was so much I was just like it was oh just so much. like holy crap like How do oh my you god even yeah internalize any of it yeah and I think that it just it it blew every sort of expectation out of the water almost immediately like it didn't go i'm trying to remember what any of our theories were like every i feel like we got at, we uh, we'll get into that but i feel like we actually got a quite a number of them right which i was surprised by but um even i i think like whenever anybody asked me what i thought about it and i couldn't obviously you know spoil any or i, I guess i could have but god i would never do that so like my everything i would just send them the like luke's this is not going to go the way you think look i know i think i literally like, just that's i, that's I just kept sending that to people cuz i was like literally like first of all and somebody was like, can you sum it up in one emoji? And I did like the zipper like face. <laughs> I feel like that is, I mean, I'm not just saying I'm not going to tell you spoilers, but also like the experience of seeing it and knowing nothing was so good. Yes, I agree with that. And also like, I just keep flailing. Like I hesitate. A l- like people will be like, so what did you think? And I'll be like, <sighs> yeah, uh, and then it's like a logged on out pause and they're like, okay. Like I did love it. I did. It will be, I will say too, a lot of the things that bothered me the first time were a lot better on the second viewing. I think it's going to be a rogue one situation where a lot of the plot issues I had in subsequent watchings are going to still exist. But and matter still be less. Issues, but matter less because I know what's coming and I know 
Um, well, I guess we can get let's we let's just get into it rather than talking um, about it. But um, like the Kanto bite scene for me did not work. Like I loved seeing the planet and I loved the issues it brought up of like the gray area when often Star Wars is so black and white. Like I yeah, liked, I mean it's all about war profiteering, right? And I like the idea that like yeah, people profit by selling to both sides, and I liked the visuals of it were stunning, but I felt like the sequence was just I I mean I got like I was just like all right like I mean when are we going to get back to the story that I actually care about so in general my reaction has been to this movie it's moments of greatness with several sequences of weak writing yeah right like there are moments in this movie that I was like I can see I don't like when I can see the writer's mind at work yeah like I find it frustrating. I'm I just want to be able to like fall into the experience and enjoy the movie. So there are moments in this movie that I was like, I can see, see what- the writers' room here and the discussions that were had and the necessity behind it because that Canto Bite scene, for example, I it was fun. Like I, but it was fun because, um, and I said this to someone last night, they lucked out so heavily by having charismatic actors. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Because in lesser hands, like Kelly Marie, Kelly Marie Tran and John Boyega and Benicio del Toro gave that seek like that sequence everything it had. Because when you just look at it on paper, it's it's pretty weak. But yeah. I actually, I sort of want to go back and start at the beginning. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, like for me, it was this movie hit so many great emotional notes, but the plot was lacking in yes. a lot of areas that yes. was like emotionally I loved this movie and like I loved the experience I loved what they did and we'll get into this but yeah like I was just like there were times I was just like there's so many plot holes so a lot of this like just doesn't but okay let's start with um this picks up right after, after uh, which you know there's n- no breathing room which I'm not sure the movie is the movie. It is what it is. I'm not sure. It suffers from a lot of the same issues that Force Awakens did in terms of telling us nothing about the larger universe again. But but I disagree that uh, in, in Force Awakens, I agree that that was a detriment. In The Last Jedi, I think that's the point. Yeah. Okay. I, think, I feel like that's fair, but like... Like, I saw – okay, so I saw it for the first time by myself, second time I saw it with my husband, Ryan. And he was just like, I still know – because he hasn't ex- engaged with the expanded universe the mm-hmm. way you and me does. He's like, I still don't understand what the First Order is. Right, I still I don't, don't think it matters. And that's weak writing. Yeah, that right? is. like I think it's weak writing that we're – and I'm a, I'm making assumptions, but the the read on that movie for me was that the whole point of The Last Jedi is to show you how um, – ridiculous the assertion is that we're gonna get Palpatine Vader and Tarkin again because yeah. First Order Snoke um and Ren and uh Hux, they're, no, they're, sha- they're shadows of right the they're like they're know. like caricatures of what these other people were but that to me was the point of The Last Jedi was just this is not anymore about the world at large. This is about a family who got screwed over by a by 
getting a destiny forced upon them, right? And But I think if you're just watching as a viewer and not someone who will dig into it as much as we will, I don't think you're going to get that from this. And I think that's frustrating. Yes. And I think think, that's that's weak writing because it actually took me like really thinking about the movie. I mean, that is something to be said is like I've not stopped thinking about this movie. Yeah. And I think it was I think I think the fact that people are talking about it the way they are means this movie is a success. Yeah. And, and, you know, The Force Awakens gave us all these expectations, but we talked about it in that it had it didn't build this world up as we needed it to. But I think that what this trilogy is doing is realizing that it's not about the galaxy anymore. Yeah. You know, it's a family drama. It's a family tragedy. And I was talking with someone last night who was like, I just found that to be sort of depressing because then you're just always fighting fascism. And I was like, yes, actually, that is the point. That's the it's point, like, yeah. In life, you we are constantly battling fascism, and you should never let your guard down against fascism. And so, fine, let it just be this, like, threat that's lurking and always has the potential to come up. But that is not the point of this trilogy. At least yeah. that's how I felt coming out of The Last Jedi. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's that's a. I think there. I think part of too what jo- Ryan Johnson was doing with this is, it is about one family, but it's not anymore. Do you know what I mean? Like with right. reveals, well, that will come later. Like he and I. Well, actually, one of the pieces I wrote, which will hopefully go up on Polygon, um, in the next you know couple of weeks, is that this this is um this resets everything like in terms of what we thought star wars was about right because what this and it's does, good like it's, that's a good thing what it does to me is that because by making it about the family by making it about the skywalkers it's showing the fallacy of what star wars was sort of like in this not in general but in this idea of that like you have the chosen one you have this family that has all of this power and how that we can't rely on that as a fix, mm-hmm. right? It's, yeah, it's, and I think there's a, there's a I think you're totally right, and I think there's a lot of stuff that we'll get into that ties into that, like yeah. in terms of Luke leaving. Like him, I think I have a lot of opinions now that I've seen the movie and seen some of the discussion about it. Like Luke just kind of stepping back and being like, "I need to leave." Mm-hmm. Um, but okay, so we are, and then. Poe, I guess, is the I guess the first thing we should really talk about because his character, um, you know, same like flyboy rushing headlong into battle to defeat the First Order, and he learns a really hard lesson in this movie. I was really Poe's storyline is actually I think one of the weaker storylines in the movie, and one of the ones that really benefits from having Oscar Isaac in the role <laughs> because he's so good in that role that it was engaging anyway. But like. It was a first movie storyline in a second movie. Yeah, I think he was done a disservice in the first movie because, and I understand why that happened. Like, they were right. originally to kill off the character, and Oscar Isaac is Oscar Isaac, so they're like, no, we have to bring him back. Right. But I agree because he got no character development in the first movie. Right. And so this now, a, yeah, yeah, you're I agree. All of this development into this movie when I was like, and the story, his story doesn't make sense. It's, it's like, that was. I think honestly, one of the weakest part of this, like parts of this movie for me, was the Haldo and Poe storyline. Because first of all, yeah. what a waste of Laura Dern! Oh my god. Okay, I have feelings on Haldo, but we'll, yeah. I mean, we can get into it because first of all, she's the only canonically queer character in the Star Wars universe, and they yep. killed her. Like Star Wars managed to bury your gaze in this movie, and it's 
it is unacceptable. Like, absolutely unacceptable. Like, I will say that. And her story didn't make any sense. Like, yeah. why not just tell Poe? I, um, I think, I think, I mean, okay, so I agree that the storyline is weak. I don't think I hated it as much as you oh, did. I hated it. Because, um, like, I disagree because um, I think he needed to learn that because I think he's used to being the fly boy. And I think he needed to, I think this movie was about him becoming a leader. No, I agree. And, and, I agree. And looking at all the chess pieces on the board. And um, I do agree that not telling him created uh, created conflict. Like, it, it was it was just creating conflict to create conflict. Right, it was lazy uh, There's writing. a word I'm thinking of, but I can't, I, I, I can't think of it. So basically it was just create, it was story- it was the thing you're talking about where you could see the writer's room being like, how do we draw this out? Right. And that to me is lazy writing in the sense that like we yeah. never got an acceptable explanation as to why this woman wouldn't just tell the one of the like best pilots she has what yeah. the Who clearly is. Leia is grooming into a leader. Like right. that's the whole thing. It like she is trying to groom him into they gave a resistance us no, leader. No like writing for Haldo's motivation at all. And yeah. then all of a sudden we're just supposed to accept that it was just weak. It was just a weak yeah. plot point in a movie that didn't need it. And it's one of my least favorite tropes in young adult literature is this I deliberate uh, keeping Holding of information, back, yeah. which makes for more no sense reason. for no reason. But it makes more sense with teenagers, at least. Yeah. Like, fine, you're 15 and you, you, you're Harry Potter and you don't want to tell the adults. You're 15. Great. Yeah. 15 year olds make bad decisions. You're the leader of a resistance and you, for some reason, don't want to tell one of your best pilots what the plan is yeah. inexplicably. Because I thought it made sense until I found out the thing about Crate. Because I was like, it makes sense because she doesn't have a plan. Right, but she had a plan She had a plan. Along. Yeah, like and I was like, like, it makes sense. I but would then, mutiny too. Yeah, same. But like, but my point with Poe initially um, was not in the Haldo storyline. It was... I was trying to talk about him becoming a resist, like him yes. becoming a leader in this episode. And, he, and I think that's important. That. They needed that, but yeah. they needed better writing to force him into that position. I agree. Because. Like to understand, like. Like he learned a lesson, but the fact is the lesson was started from a weak plot point. Like you could have without the entire Haldo storyline. Sorry, I totally interrupted you there. It just this occurred to me without the um, Haldo storyline. She he totally could have. This could have been drawn out from the Leia, him losing the entire bomber fleet storyline. Yes. It could have been drawn out by losing, like, Rose's sister, Paige. Yeah. Unnecessarily. By losing this entire, all of their ammunitions. But instead, it was forcing it into yeah. this other storyline with a character who, like, uh, it's it's so frustrating because I was so excited to see Haldo on screen. Me too. I love she. And if first, you did not read, uh, like yeah, right, Prin Leia Princess shows up of Alderaan. Leia Princess of Alderaan, and I will say the first one of the first times, like the first times I I cried was when Leia and Haldo said goodbye, and Haldo says that line is like you taught me about loss, hmm. and I was just like, it's like tears. So there was like such potential for that character and for that story to be on the screen, and you know you just. What a waste. I, like, can't get over it. And I am done, honestly, with Lucasfilm um, 
trying to make us care about characters through expanded or through expanded yes, universe not, stories and then killing them off in the movies yes. with both Phasma and Haldo in this. And like, I am like, I am really frustrated because a, that's two female characters in a franchise that already does not have, like already right. has serious issues with female representation. And um, yeah, like I am and really frustrated. Yeah. I'm frustrated with like, and then especially with Haldo, she is the only the only, only canonically queer yeah. character. And you killed her. You have to make up for this. For this no not, reason. For no reason. You like, didn't have to do that. Like, the emotional stakes did not have to be... The, you like, didn't, there were already emotional stakes. Right. And if you didn't know that character from the books, you don't care enough about her when yeah. she dies because she's actually been a really trash character in yeah. the movie. Yeah. Like, no part of her character was done well. And it's... Yeah. I incredibly frustrating because there are parts of it that were done. Ugh. Sorry. I like, I'm glad we're getting this out of the way because okay, yeah, let's, let's like, move on. Okay. So let's move oh. on to the, some of the stuff we liked. So people don't think we just hated this I movie. Know, we didn't. We, I really liked this movie. Yeah. I think part of the reason I like it though, is there is so much to talk about. Like there's right. things like, um, so let's talk about Ray and Kylo Ren. Okay. Okay, first of all, okay, I want to say something about the shipping in this movie and just generally, I don't know at this point, I have my personal ideas about who they're setting up in terms of love interests, but I will say it is challenging because they have such good actors that I feel like their actors have chemistry with everybody. Yes. So it's very hard to tell when it's just chemistry and when it's, like Oscar Isaac could have chemistry with like, like a I wall. I know, and like the first scene, I, I don't know if it's like, when the first scene you get of Poe and Finn reuniting is because BB-8 I, is like, Finn, naked. And I do think, I don't, like, I, I've, I've said this before on the podcast, I don't think that's a thing that, They won't you know, do it. I don't think they're going to do it. And I don't think they ever had an intention of doing it. And I think while the actors might be leaning into it a little bit with their scenes, I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a thing that um, they ever... I don't, I don't think that's what they're doing with yeah, it. Um, I don't think they're doing and it, it with Finn, but I do think that they have the potential to do that with Poe. I would love for them to. I think they, ha they I think they owe it to their audience, to be honest. I do. and But I have always sus been suspicious about the Poe-Ray pairing ever since a kind of a throwaway scene in the po first. Poe and Ray? Yeah. Oh. I and a lot of people think, a lot of people think that's the, they're doing Finn and Rose and Poe and Ray. No. That's re that's the that's the direction that a lot Ew. of people think this is going, um, oh, and no. I have been suspicious about it ever since. Basically, this scene in the um, that of them meeting in the Last Jedi was in the novelization of the Force Awakens. Oh, and they like some of the like internal dialogue is like Ray comments on like how handsome he is and stuff like that. And so I'm like, well, was but then I was like, well, are they sending that up? Am I reading too much into this? But then people have. Have have, but then again, Oscar Isaac, as I said, could have chemistry. He has with chemistry with literally everybody. <laughs> like that's um, not really fair. So, like, it's not. So, I I have no idea. I have my suspicions about what they're doing, but I don't know. That all being said, I think there's a lot also of unreciprocated stuff. Like, it could be Poe is into Finn, and Finn is into who knows at this point. Like, it, like there's could be some love triangle stuff going on. Like, I don't even know. It feels like Ray doesn't have the time for it. Yeah. Like, I think they were pretty clear, and, like, she is... No part of Daisy Ridley played that character with any sort of romance. Yeah. I felt. 
Um, uh, but I do not. I I think that Kylo Ren. Ray stuff is like I think they both are good actors with good chemistry. I I could see Kylo being into Ray. I could not see same Ray being into Kylo Ren. But I don't but even think it's about romance. I think it's I don't that think so. need for connection. connection. I don't think honestly, and that's part of my thing. I don't know that much of any of this is about romance. Same. Um, and I don't really care honestly, except for representation purposes in terms of like. I would love to see a queer couple. Like, I, I think that would be really nice. And that one that survives. Um, but uh, other than that, but Kylo Ren and Rey. So I wanted to get that out of the way because I don't really want to talk about their romantic potential. <laughs> like, I, didn't, I mean, I honestly didn't see, I know that people, I was watching it. And I was like, people are going to like run with this. Like yes. the Raylo, right? Is the name of the ship. Oh, good. But to me, it wasn't romance. It was that they were both, extremely isolated and they were both uh, lonely they're lonely and and they're both battling two parts of the force like they're two sides of the same coin yeah i mean it's about like balance basically when as kylo ren rose in the dark his counterpart would rise in the light as snoke said like it's about and snoke straight up says that out loud in (laughs) a way of like uh, we get it but um uh, I don't know how your audience was. The audience I was in, some of the Force Connection stuff worked, some of it didn't. Can we just talk about that weird shirtless scene? Yeah. Mm. I just went, I just remember I was like, being... no, thank you. I was like, I really wished he had put a shirt on because I was kind of like... Ugh. I know. My, I had to sit, I was sitting in the second row because <laughs> those were the only seats available by the time I managed to like get through. And so it was just this, like, massive Adam Driver. And there was, like, literally, I think there was a slight pause when the audience had to catch up with what they were seeing on screen. And, like, I was like, what? What is happening? It was such a bizarre moment. And then otherwise, like, I liked... I actually really liked the Force Connection stuff. It was, like, a little camp, but Star Wars is a little camp. So, like, fine. Oh, I liked it. I I thought it get that part. I thought I thought it gave them both, and I thought especially Kylo Ren. So in the first movie, in Force Awakens, he we're told he's conflicted, but we don't see it. But we don't see it. In this movie, he's confl- he's still eat like he's still terrible, but he's you see the conflict, and I think his character needed that context. I agree. Like I don't think that makes him any because there's a lot of people who are like I don't want him to be redeemed, which I I agree. I'm I'm glad. I don't that, think I no longer think he's going to be redeemed. I no, really I don't either. And I'm glad be. of that decision. But I think that um I, the people who need him to be all evil with no like conflict, but I like seeing the conflict. Like no, I, I think, think we have, it makes his whole... fall a, a little bit tragic. And that's Star Wars. Yeah. Like, yeah. Star Wars has been about the conflict. Like, Luke's story is conflict. Anakin's story is conflict. Of course Kylo Ren's is going to be conflict. But Good. I did... I, I loved that they surprised me. Mm-hmm. I did not see the Snoke throne. You and I were coming. certain... I think, like, the only thing you and I were certain of going into this movie by the end, because, like, we had... I, I was like, we were so young and had so many innocent theories... <laughs> And then by the time this movie came, we were just like, I don't even know, man. Like, I was, like, thinking back to our, um, like, recording with Seba. And I think the one thing you and I could say about The Last Jedi is Kylo Ren will be redeemed. Yes. Because that's the one thing I was certain of. And that's the one, like, no. No. And I don't, I think it's done. Like, I don't think they're going to revisit that. I don't think so either. Because at this point, 
Like, like Leia's given up on him. Luke has given up on him. Ray has given up on him. Like they're all like, yeah. I I really appreciate it. I really really love it because I thought that throne scene was like so many emotions <laughs> because like, I was like oh. I was like super Snoke is Snoke's a joke, but <laughs> but. That sequence when he's torturing Ray and you see Kylo not reacting, not reacting, not reacting, and then the lightsaber thing happens, which was amazing. Yes, I'm so there's I, a. I loved it. I loved it. But then in my brain, I was like, uh, "Here we go. Here's the story. Here's the hero's journey back to the fold." Da, da, da. And then after the fight, he pulls a fucking Anakin, and I was I like, "What?" It. I scream like uh, this movie, like the first second time I saw it, it was an IMAX and it was the theater was so big that people I feel like the bigger the theater is, the quieter the reactions a little bit yeah. because people. But in the the first the screening was really small and it was a bunch of, you know, Star Wars screening. So it's a bunch of like Star Wars fans um, like it was. Um, and so people were people were just I mean, the entire movie, people were just like screaming and like people screamed and it was crazy like what it was amazing because you have this moment of like and i didn't i didn't make the anakin comparison until after i got out of it because i was too busy being like what is happening but think about it while i was watching it the first time literally like he asks ray to rule with him in the way that anakin asked padme to rule with him and the difference i think is that Ray has far more agency than Padme had at the time. Like, Anakin and Padme was the tragic love story. That's sort of also why I think it's not going down the romantic route, because that was such a huge rejection. Like, yeah. oh, I loved it. I loved I, everything I, about that scene. I loved that, that fight. He's going to hate her now he's gonna, for he's not He's going to hate her, and she'd be, more importantly, she doesn't trust him. No. And won't. No. Like, she's, like, a street kid. Like, she has that scrappiness and that, like, instinct, huge instinct-based And I think she took a chance on him and he betrayed her. Yes. Like, she took a huge chance. She risked her life to come save him and he betrayed her. Right. Oh, and I, I loved it. I yeah, loved I it loved, so much. That was, like, a scene where I loved everything about that scene. Yes. Like, the fighting was good. The fight choreography was so good. The breaking of the lightsaber. Oh, my God. That was so good good like I was so really just an aside but like could be a whole thing the visuals in this movie are like the sequence of the ship going in light speed through the Star Destroyer off the sound it was dead silent in the theater like no ours by screening it was dead silent except for everyone was just like and one guy was like what the fuck oh I love it it was so good like it was it was so good (sighs) That was amazing. Uh, okay, so let's talk about, do we want to talk about Snoke a little bit? Like, I don't know that there's much to say beyond, like, I'm really glad he's dead. I'm, I'm really glad. glad this isn't being drawn. Like, I love the idea of Kylo as the big baddie. Yeah, same. It was, my my um, note on that whole sequence is, like, the whole Snoke sequence was interesting, but I love that he's dead and Kylo is our true villain. Like, literally what I wrote down. And, Those robes, though. Huh? Those gold robes. Oh, every time he was on screen, every time it went into his room, all I could think of was like Austin Powers gold member. I love gold. That was weird. It was weird. It was a red herring, which I really appreciated. Yeah. Because I was also like, I don't really want to like go through this whole 
thing all over again. I come back to it again and again, but I love that this movie just blasted, like, it just, like, completely trashed our expectations. Like, we have nowhere to go. I don't know what's going to happen. Like, I know no what's going to happen in the next movie. And, like, it was just I so like ballsy. Yeah, like, it was. They threw out the entire premise they set up in The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's why pe- some people are so mad about yes. this movie because people had expectations. I think people had expectations based because if you re- if you remember this movie, like all the scripts and stuff were written before anybody saw The Force Awakens. Yes. So they didn't have the audience reaction to The Force Awakens to go on, and um, I think a lot of people expected this trilogy to do certain things, which is okay. Like your yes, Star Wars fans, you're going to expectations. And also yeah. we all have a tendency to like, people say like, you know, there are no original stories anymore and blah, blah, blah. And like, why do they keep rehashing everything? And I think it's really just a testament to what Lucasfilm is willing to do. Yeah. And I think it's a good thing, whether or not you agree, you liked the movie. I, I think, think it was, it was- good thing that we're getting new story i think this was the this movie um was so excellent for the future of the franchise yes. because also it opens up storytelling for ray because ray is not saddled with the baggage of th- like right. I mean, three generations that came before her two of which and are tra- like or two generations like her you know like she's not a skywalker like she's not saddled with the fall of darth vader she's not doesn't have this moral obligation even though, like, I don't think Luke really had a moral obligation to redeem his father, he felt like he no, did. No, but Luke was a Luke was like a victim of circumstance. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Same with Kylo Ren. They're all victims. And Anakin. They're yeah. all victims of the whims of fucking Qui-Gon Jinn, who decided that this boy was the chosen one. And then they have to they they have that saddled on their shoulders. And yes. like, you know, that I don't think that should take away um, the, like, yeah, I think that it makes their falls tragic because they could, like, especially looking at Luke, look what they could have become. Star Wars is a tragedy. Right. But that being said, I don't think it takes away responsibility from Anakin or Kylo Ren for no, their own fault. I agree. Fault. They, like, they own their actions. victim of their own fault, the yes. victims of this thing, the, and they don't have responsibility. Right. The tragedy, to it. the tragedy is that like, yes, I'm not, I don't want to take ownership away from them for the actions that they took. But you see themes running through Kylo Ren, through Luke, and through Anakin. Like, there are echoes of one, all of them in one another. Um, and you see, like, ways all of this could have gone. Like, so for for Anakin, he became the faithful dark apprentice. For yeah. Luke, he never fell. Now for Ben, he has become well no but Luke that moment of I loved the backstory of Luke and Kylo Ren because Uh, I liked that Luke that moment of um indecision that that what he says is my moment of weakness um because I like that it echoed to me it echoed Anakin making the decision to kill the younglings yeah right Luke was on the precipice of that decision and the fact that he and he step, is able turned, to step back. Well, he turned on his lightsaber. Yeah. He let it go that far. He went into the room. He turned on the lightsaber. And that is dangerous. Yeah. Because you didn't do the act, but you got so far as to having the knife out. Right. You, well, I think it's a little different because with 
Anakin and the younglings, those, like, Luke had a reason for, like... No, but so did Anakin. Well, I'm not right. saying they're each right or wrong. Yeah, but I mean more like Luke was trying to prevent a greater... And I'm not defending Luke's... Like, this It was this was a terrible decision. But I'm, but I'm like, stripping... I'm stripping... Reason, I'm stripping the larger idea behind it away. Because okay. I mean, yeah, I guess at I the end of the day, you are grown men killing children. Right. And so it's... I think it's the um, idea of... And I think it goes back to what Rose said in this movie. It's about protecting what you love, not killing what you hate. Exactly. Like, that's and I think I think that is a great. Um, okay, so do we want to now? I brought up Rose. Do we want to talk about Rose or do we want to talk about Luke? Now, let's talk about Luke because I think it makes more sense. Okay. So I loved his storyline in this. Same. I was really, really My, like angsty farm boy drama queen. I know. I was so, and you and I, I was, part of the reason, I think everybody knows this, I didn't say this out loud, I don't think, but part of the reason I was terrified of this movie was because I was terrified of how Luke was going to be handled, Mm -hmm. because I knew going in that Mark Hamill did not love his storyline. Well, okay, so that quote from Vanity Fair, I I think it's being presented as far more serious than people, than maybe Mark Hamill had intended, because the following paragraph is him being like, yeah, I just wanted to be heard. I just wanted them to hear, like, my hundreds of bad ideas. Well, I mean, that's fair. But still, like, I it, but like, it, like no, I, I, was, I was I was not reading stuff about this. I didn't read that article. And so, like, I, I mean, today, to be honest. Yeah, like, that's I wasn't reading stuff about this. Like, it was just that quote was really, like, out there. And um, I was terrified. And, yes, it ended with his death, which I am sad about. But I got a Luke, good Luke. I got a great Luke movie. He was, uh, he was exactly who he needed to be based on what we know of his story, mm-hmm. and based on like how we talked about, like he didn't have good teachers, Mm-mm. like he didn't have good leadership to follow. He was just kind of winging it, winging it in a yeah. really big way, and so him being like, I don't want this. I don't want to do it. My yeah. least favorite shot in the whole movie is him milking that weird alien and drinking the milk. I did not care for that. I yeah. It, I was like just... I was like, ew, what? No, thank you. But I laughed because he's a farm boy. He's a like, farm yes. boy. No, it made like, sense. Like that makes sense. But I was um, still just like, oh. And I think I think part of it too was the effect of having Ray realize that this isn't some mystical Jedi master who like this is just a dude. No, he's just like a little angry Jedi baby. And so um, I loved his storyline. Okay, I'm he was the best looking man in this movie. I can't handle it. And I was thinking about you the whole time when they had him with his like dyed brown beard and brown hair. I was like, like kind of Obi-Wan, like Ewan McGregor, Obi-Wan third movie, like haircut. I'm like, I I love it. And like I was, I almost died. And I'm glad like, they didn't do like the weird CGI on his face. You yeah. know, they just like let Mark Hamill be handsome because he is. He is a, a very, very handsome, handsome man. Handsome. I know. My notes are like Luke can get it. Oh, I I was just like, oh, we came God, out of the like, movie, and my friends were like, what? And I was like, hmm. Yeah, I was like, I was into I, it. I, I can't even, like, talk because I was like, oh, my God. Like, sorry, John Boyega. Sorry, Oscar Isaac. Like, Mark Hamill is the best-looking man in that movie. I agree. Uh, but Wait. Uh, I mean, yes, I agree. But Oscar Isaac is a very close is second. Very, 
Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I I don't I I I liked that this movie gave like I, a lot of people have discussed, and you and I have discussed like when things got tough, Luke disappeared, and I think this movie gives some context to it. Do yes. I think he was right? I don't know, but I understand his thinking that like yes. the legend is more he he's like as the legend of Luke Skywalker is more powerful than the man. And it's like, there's, I don't know. Like, it's just, I kind of feel like there's a tradition in star Wars in choosing not to fight. Yes. And I think that idea of going back to the legend can be tied back to, um, at a greater sense, star Wars and the history of the Skywalkers, because it was the Skywalkers were pulled into a story they never should have been pulled into necessarily. Um, you know, who's to say that the Empire would have risen if Anakin hadn't been there for Darth Vader to, or for Darth Sidious yeah. to manipulate. And I think that having Luke talk about this idea of the legend being more important than the person just shows, again, going back to like this victim of sort of circumstance that the Skywalkers tend to be. Again, owning their decisions and owning yeah. their actions, but in the larger story, and that goes back to what you were saying about the Jedi, because we had different readings of that last sequence after yeah. the amazing fight between Luke um, and Kylo. But I think also going back to Luke, it's like that specifically the one of the most powerful decisions Luke has ever made um, granted, I don't know a lot about his story in between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens, but I think one of the most powerful decisions he's ever made was to put down his lightsaber when he was fighting Vader. You know, yeah. I am a Jedi like my father before me. He chose one of the powerful decisions he ever made was the choice not to fight. Yes, and I think this that just the decision to leave mirrors that a little yes. bit. Like it's you can in say character. what. Yeah, it is. I think it is very in character, and I think it makes sense. And was, was it the right decision? I don't know. I don't think he knows either, but I think he's trying to – he failed spectacularly, and I think he's trying to do what's best mm -hmm. um, in terms of, like, just remove himself. So, you know, like, I don't know. Um, but – It just um, shows, yeah, so though, let's talk like, about the Jedi. Yeah, no, so it shows that, like, him trying to recreate a Jedi temple – and recreate a process that was flawed. To me, it's like I wanted a more. This isn't right. I I didn't. This is not realistic, in a Star Wars movie. Um, but like <laughs> a denunciation of the Jedi. Yeah, I think he did that. I think he did that as much as they ever would in this movie when he said the Jedi Order was you know arrogant and flawed. And I appreciated him saying and yes. like knowing that he recognized frustrates it frustrates me that at the end he I, and I know we fundamentally disagree on this point yeah um because you see it as more symbolic yeah and I see it okay as more let, literal. let's talk about it though because we haven't talked about it on this podcast so when Luke is fighting Kylo Ren and again I just really really loved that whole sequence mm -hmm. um everything about that everything about that sequence he says, I am not the last Jedi, implying that Rey and last Jedi. Yeah. There are more Jedi. Whether or not she's the last Jedi, but there are more Jedi. Because yeah. you cannot defeat the Jedi. Yeah. And that frustrated me after we had all these sequences in which I was finally seeing what we all know to be true, which is it is flawed. It is a system that doesn't make sense because 
it should be about balance, not about one group group being right. Although, maybe that's the point because Kylo Ren is darkness, so Luke was implying there have to be Jedi to create that balance. balance. Yeah. I just talked myself thought- out of my own point. I was going to say, because my thought is there's a difference to me now in my head between the Jedi and the Jedi Order. Those are two different things to me. I feel like the okay. Jedi Order is like is there's the there's the philosophy and the study of the light side of the force. And there's all this like being a force user. And there is the order, which was corrupt and, you know, arrogant and like in my head. And I'm not saying that's like an official thing or anything, but like in my head, when he says it's the last Jedi, like there will always it's calling. It's a word it's not it's a word separated from all the baggage of the jedi order if that makes sense like it's a symbol the jedi are a symbol it's not about starting a new academy which you know you can it is useful i think i don't think that starting a jedi academy is fundamentally flawed i think it's the way you approach the teaching teachings and i appreciated them like burning the books and burning you know although race has the books did you see, did you catch that scene? It was a really short scene, but Ray took the books with her. Oh it's when, no, I missed it. It's in a, they're in a drawer on the Falcon, so she took the books. Oh, I missed. But that. that being said, I don't think that necessarily the mm. teachings of the first Jedi are even a bad thing to have because I think the way the organization was built is the problem. And I don't know, like I am not super familiar with what the teachings of the first Jedi like are, so it may be you you know, you have to be celibate and you have to, you know, but I think that it's the Jedi as a symbol, not the Jedi as the teachings and the specific, you know, it makes me nervous that she took the books and what those implications are. It makes, I just don't know. I don't know that this movie did what it needed to do to set up what the Jedi could be could be right but i think also like when we were i was like also a we don't know and b as much as we want it to be as much as any fan wants things to go they want it to go that might not happen you know what i mean yes no it's not about my no 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 um i mean that for story like i don't think that if they don't you know, do away with the Jedi Order, that will automatically make for a bad story. No, I don't think it's about doing away with it, but it is, like, we had different reactions. Let's talk about the Yoda scene, right? So that reveal is amazing. Oh, yeah. I I don't know, the CGI, whatever it was, CGI. the CGI was was weird. That was hard to look at. But, I mean, the pan and then seeing the back of of his head. One, I can't believe I didn't get spoiled. Yeah. Two, Everyone in that theater was like, what? Yep. That was an amazing reveal. Yep. Did Agreed. the rest of the scene live up to that reveal? I don't think so. Um, but Yoda makes me really mad. Yeah, I was going to say, you also, I feel like, bring Yoda baggage because I think you have a lot of strong feelings about that character and what he did. And I for do. me... Which is fair. Like, I, I'm not I'm not judging. Like, I'm not judging. <laughs> but I think, like, for me, I think... You, I guess, I okay, I think our fundamental, dis, I think our, we do disagree about just generally this, and I think it stems from you need something from the franchise that I don't know if it's ever going to get, right. you're ever going to get. You need scenes that, like, say the Jedi Order was trash and we made so many mistakes. Well, and- I just need a scene to 
tell me how Yoda got from do or do not to we can learn from failure. I need a bridge between those two characters because to me, they are drastically different characters. And to me, I don't need to see it to believe that it happened. Whereas I'm like, show me, show me how this happened because Yoda was 900 years old when he like force ghosted, but something in the last 40 years got him to the point where he can say, there is no more do or do not, there is no try, there is burn it down, we learn from failure. But in the 900 years before that, he's been the same guy. So yeah. you don't get to give me care. You, you don't get to give me a new Yoda without telling me like how it got there. Well, I also I also have a different interpretation of do or do not. There is no try. Like I, I, I have a different interpretation of that than a lot of people. And I think I've talked about it on the podcast. But I, I don't see a big leap between that and this as big of a leap as you do. It's still a leap. But like I don't I don't see as big of a leap. But that's okay. Like it's, I just, I mean, oh, it just irritates me. I mean, it also, I'm like, I would have liked, and they would never do this, but I would like to have seen maybe Yoda's finally having some conversations with Anakin or Qui-Gon. Like it's quite possible. Like Ew. they never, they never, part of the problem with the Jedi <laughs> is they never talk about their failure. They never talk about like, how did this was this clone army like we never see it on screen at least how right. was this clone army created behind our backs how right. was like what was going on like they they just kind of roll with I what's mean, going on we and they saw don't it to, right. in clone wars and the but on the on screen in the big movies in the we big never movies, you don't see it you don't see it which is like again i think Them confronting when their own failure you have it pulling that is a yeah you're right that is a theme in Clone and Wars. now, now I feel like Yoda is like, no, we need to confront our own failure. You need to talk about this. Like the the lessons we taught you are not the lessons that we should have taught you. Right. That was what that scene meant to me. Yes, but to me, I was like, you need, you can't. It was like a five minute sequence that needed an entire backstory, which goes yeah. back to the weak writing. Yeah, it's sequences with weak writing, um, yeah. because I just didn't think that they had earned it. Mm-hmm. That's what I feel. That, that's fair. That I don't I think they earned it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because it doesn't. It just. It was so strange to me that whole thing. Um, we skipped over this one part that I did want to talk about with Ray, with the mirrors in the dark side mm-hmm. part of the mm-hmm. island. Because yeah. I didn't understand it. Other, than, I was really okay. I, can I just say I was really proud of myself with my like out of this like world like random prediction that her like coming out of the water in the trailer was like her force cave yeah, experience. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And I was like, oh my God, I was right. And like, I was right about like one thing. Um, okay, sorry. I had to just, I was really excited by that. Um, I thought that was really interesting because I don't think she failed at that force cave experience in the way that Luke did. No, I don't think it was a failure. And I actually don't necessarily think Luke's was a failure either. Um, well, I think the fact that he turned straight, he went straight to his lightsaber. Yes. He, because he ignited his lightsaber first, and I think that was a failure. But I also think the difference is that Luke, Luke's biggest fear was seeing himself in Vader, right? And Ray wants to see herself and wants to be yeah. seen. Based on, like, just the Force Cave thing. And I think... But I really didn't necessarily understand it I think it was that 
like, I think her need, and I, I think, I mean, I think the implication of it was supposed to be her need for her parents could be her downfall, like her need to, un- that need mm. to understand. And I think in some ways it's almost a red herring t- for us to understand how much she needs that and like to be worried that she might fall to the dark side. It was just, I mean, it's a room of reflections of herself. Yeah. But and then really like, the one thing she wants actually. to know and the reason she is pulled to it, like um, Luke says, like you wanted the answer to a question and you didn't resist at all. Right. Because when that information was presented so to you. What was interesting about that sequence oh is, is that I'm it... sorry. I'm sorry. Preeti, okay, so this whole time Preeti has been wearing a <laughs> Spider-Man onesie and she's got like the Spider-Man hood up and I have like been trying not to laugh and to like have this serious <laughs> discussion about this movie. And then she just put her hands behind her head and the suit, her onesie has web wings. <laughs> I'm sorry. I couldn't. I was like, I can't do this. I can't not talk about this this onesie. Like, I can't. I can't. I'm crying. I can't. <laughs> like, it's got, like, 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 like chiffon, like, see-through They're black. they <laughs> Like, the, under the arms. And I almost, like, I'm, I'm dead. And so now I'm podcasting to, to you as a horse ghost. Oh my god. Okay, I'm sorry. Oh like, god. okay. I'm crying. Hold on. <laughs> like, I've just been watching her in this costume with like her like Spider-Man hood up with like the big eyes. And I think you posted up you posted pictures of it yourself on in it on Twitter. But like so yes. Oh my god. Web wings. Oh my god. Okay, okay. So uh, you sorry. So I, it's not only so she's in this in this cave and it's not only that it's a reflection it's that she can see the effects of every step she takes right this whole there's a lag like when she puts her hand up she sees the row of her doing it and there's a lag in that movement and Mm -hmm. so seeing the effect and this is like this is seriously like no that's okay I don't know what to make of the scene so I'm curious to I'm I'm like working it out in my head as I'm talking about it, but if she can see the step of the 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 effects of every step she takes, mm-hmm. and that's part of her like dark side cave force ghost whatever force force cave experience. That's just an interesting thought of like cause and effect that she has to um, consider that Kylo Ren doesn't. Yeah. I don't know what to make of it, honestly. And I'm sure we'll see like 85 op-eds about it in the next like, then I'll, I'll, I'm sure I will, somebody else will help me figure out what it, because I don't know. Um, I mean, the forest lore that's coming out of this movie is like. Balance. There's a lot about well, balance. balance which I and there's also like what the force is, what the force can do. How can someone like Snoke, who was such a, a beige version of Palpatine, have the power to create this mind bridge between Kylo Ren and Rey. Especially considering that the effort of this type of thing killed, like, Luke died yeah. from the effort yeah. of protecting himself. And so the amount of force power it must have taken to right. do mean, that. Luke's whole thing is that he didn't use the force for 20 yeah, years or right. however long, you know, it had been. 
Um, but still, like, I think that it shows how powerful Snoke is. Right, which then you're like, but, and that goes back to this idea of, like, power means nothing. The Skywalkers are powerful as hell, but it means nothing if they can't move past the story that they've been forced into. And it means nothing if they can't understand, if they're, like, I feel one of the legacies of a Skywalkers is, like, frustration all three of them are mm-hmm. just frustrated with their situations frustrated with like anakin you know like they're all it's it's frustration with um and luke managed to to overcome that and understand that that frustration is small and it's right. unimportant like your power does not matter yes whereas anakin and kylo both feel like their power gives them a seat at the table right. their power is what's the most important thing and it's luke that steps back and realizes like no like the the fact that i'm strong with the force means nothing in the grand scheme of the things it does not if i don't you know like I mean, if luke i don't almost swung to the other extreme yeah right but snoke being so easily killed just cements this idea of like it doesn't mean anything yeah in terms of I'm- of story. I did say that I am not here for Lucasfilm, like, you know, like making expanded universe stuff and then killing characters in movies, but I want that story. Like, I am still super curious about him because clearly, like, even though he doesn't have a huge role in these two movies and now he's gone, he has been, like, m- like working behind the scenes for, like, years. But the, but I sort of love that it doesn't matter because it, it's, it comes back to how this is not about the First Order or the Knights of Ren or the Rebellion slash Resistance. This is about a family and how it is a constant battle. Like, this isn't a neat story. Star Wars has ceased to be this neat story of good versus evil. Yes, and I think that is is a good thing. Yes. And it's... it's Uh, But... my it's it's my love for like the like like digging in that makes yes. me want to know yes. more about Snoke. Like yes. I understand, I agree with you that that is it's refocusing the story. But like my love for like the expanded universe stuff, and I think that's part of my frustration with um like, for example, like I I like reading books that tell me more about this universe. Mm-hmm. And when they immediately kill the characters, that does not help me. Just such a uh, yeah. they just whatever. But it anyway. is interesting that. I lost my train of thought. That sentence is over. Okay. Okay. So we <laughs> haven't talked about Rose yet. And we I haven't like we, talked about Rose. I just want to make sure that we get we're getting all the Ray stuff out of the way. The Ray and the Kylo mm-hmm. Ren stuff. Like the Ray, Kylo Ren, and Luke stuff, rather. Because it does feel this movie felt like it was like five movies in one. It was. It and was, it was it was also just it was too, I feel like, I felt like it was a little bit long. I well, felt like yeah. it was longer. The first time I felt like it was, the first time I was like checking my watch. I was like, how is this movie not over yet? The, the second time it felt. The first act is really long. The first yeah. act, part of me feels like the first act is really long because that's the most Carrie Fisher you get. Yeah. And it felt a little bit like they were like, we're going to put as much Carrie Fisher as we can into this movie. And if that means making the first act extra long, it, it's extra long. See, I don't feel, I feel like the Kanto bite scene just dragged. That like, didn't I feel, feel like that, that long to me, actually. Yeah, no. I was, like, in the theater, like, checking my watch. Like, I don't... Like, that scene just... I mean, I will be, like... Okay, so, but let's talk about... Um, Let's finish up 
Snow Gray, Kylo, Luke before we move to... I mean, we're talking about Kylo Ren. Ren. I think we do have to talk a little bit about Hux because he's not going to be a long conversation. But I think something that suffered due to the lack of breathing room between the movies because it goes immediately from The Force Awakens into The Last Jedi was characterizations. Yeah. And Hux, I think, really, really was hurt by that because in the he goes from being like Dolores Umbridge to like Mundungus. Yep. Between these two movies, you know, he goes from like actually being like camp, but a villain in the first movie to just comic relief in yeah. this one and just dialing that like campiness up to the point where there are parts that were funny and there are parts that I appreciated. But I think he's become was, the butt of every joke in the movie. Yes. And that's not like it's that's not effect, effective for characterization. No. And like and, I want effective characters more than I want like a dumb joke. I mean, they assassinated Snoke and they assassinated Hux's character. You know, they they neutralized and it they neutralized the threats that they told us existed in The Force Awakens. Yeah. Very quickly in this movie. Which is fine in some ways because it subverts your expectations. Yes. But I would have liked to see more of Hux being menacing. Just to see how – you can't just totally throw it out because we need to see how it got to this point. Mm -hmm. Like why Leia is fighting against these people. Like why? And when you neutralize them so heavily and so deeply, then you start to question like why can't the Rebellion just squash these like rubes out, you know? Yeah. Like – it just, it turned it, it almost, like, pulled back too hard too fast. Yeah. And in a way that, like, when you are going immediately from one movie to the other, felt very, um, what's the word, uh, destabilizing. Yeah. When you're I- trying to, to engage with the story. And that was interesting. I did like the sequence of Poe calling Hux. Oh, my God. I loved that. It was that- a great way... To set up, to start the movie with like a little bit of humor because you, I mean, this is the this is the middle movie. You know, because of Empire, that this is going to be a dark movie. Yes, and it was and an so, incredibly dark film. And I appreciated that that we got those moments of levity. Mm-hmm. Generally, I appreciated how funny this movie was, given how dark it was, because I feel like it made for an enjoyable experience. Yeah. Um. um yes. But, I think also going back to what you were saying about um, why can't the like resistance just quash? I think I didn't. I think my conceptions coming out of the Force Awakens, where we were being plunged into the middle of another fight in the middle of another story, mm-hmm. and now I'm realizing after having seen this movie, we are we kind of saw that the Force Awakens was almost the end of one story, and this was the beginning of a new one. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, absolutely. Like the first like, order is I the first order is not the empire. Yeah, and we saw I feel like we were seeing the kind of the end of the resistance in the last movie and then this movie is about the birth of the rebellion. Yes. But they they're not giving us a they're not giving us a bad enough um this is hard to say. Like, the, I keep saying the First Order is not the Empire because the First Order in this movie doesn't come off as something that is truly menacing for the entire galaxy. Right. When the highest, the three highest people in it are Snoke, who died, Ren, yeah. who has his conflict, and Hux, who is a clown. 
You don't. Well, and I think it goes back to what you're saying. Like this is no Tarkin Vader Emperor. Exactly. So then, with but there's a. I think the flip side of that is though there was there's a power vacuum here that nobody can fill except like there's because they destroyed the seat of government. I think there is a power vacuum, and the question is like what can fill it other than the First Order? Right. And so that's but that's the conversation I think the characters need to be having. Right. Because. As it stands, Leia's rebellion doesn't make sense to me in context of what we know of the First Order coming out of this movie. Coming out of this movie, yeah. I feel yeah. like we we have more context having read some of the expanded stuff. Which is, uh, again, weak writing. Again, no. And I think if you have to rely on expanded stuff, then it's weak writing. Yeah. Um, um, and again, like it goes back to what I was saying before is – you need we need more information about the larger what, what's do. going on because, because they, the only the only discussion of what what's going on in the larger galaxy is in the opening crawl when they say that basically um the first order is has already taken over multiple systems and is on the verge of taking over the galaxy is basically we don't see, we don't see any that. Of that we're being told that but we don't this see movie it we is so s- small in scope like it's so massive in terms of the implications and yeah. the but number kind of, of storylines. I, I guess maybe I said it badly, but that's what I was trying to say at the beginning of the discussion when I was saying that in that way, this movie, like this movie, is hampered immediately following the Force yes. Awakens because it's supposed to have these galactic stakes, and it just it just doesn't, and we don't see enough of the actual issues that the First Order has created. In any of the films. Yeah. Like, you know? in the... Yeah. yeah. Like, yes, we saw them blow up the current... But we don't... There is no... the Like, we saw them blow up, like, the Hosnian Prime, but we knew... Like, we have a stake in it in... Okay, so in the A New Hope, we have a stake in Alderaan being k- blown right. up. Because it's Leia's home planet. Right. And it's you a peaceful see planet. immediately, like the effects of that to normal people when Han, um, Obi-Wan and, and Luke show up and they're like, they're like there no, should be a planet they here. They, they can't destroy a planet. Yeah. Whereas on, in the force awakens, we never saw the ramifications of that other than it's a thing that happened and it was bad, but yeah. you didn't see people reacting to it Yeah, in a very real way. They're, the emotional stakes of that didn't match the emotional heft of the destruction of Alderaan. Yes. And we still haven't gotten that heft because this is still a small movie about yes. – like not a small movie inside, like, but it, it feels like a, a, a small story when it should have – These big bigger, far-reaching implications. I agree and with that's, you 100% weak writing. That's when they're trying to pull it back. They're trying to do something admirable and pulling it back from the story of, of – they're trying to end this idea of the Skywalkers being the like chosen ones. I feel like, but in doing so, they're pulling the scope down of the movie to the family tragedy and losing the grand picture that has made Star Wars what it is. And I'm totally contradicting something I said earlier, but whatever. Like we're still like we're still figuring out our opinions. Like yes, you you saw the movie a couple of days ago. I've seen it. We I haven't like it's hasn't even been a week. Like there's a lot in this. There's a lot, and it's gonna shift, and it's ever shifting. Um, Okay, if there's more about Kylo Kylo Ray and. We'll come back to it. Yeah. Uh, so, because we're an hour in and we haven't talked about, talked about Leia really or yeah. Finn or Rose or whatever. So Okay, so I've made it clear I did not like 
the Kanto bite scenes. Yep. I mean, I liked them. They were fine. Like, I don't want to make it sound too negative. Um, I thought they were visually spectacular. I thought Beautiful. they belonged in another movie. Like, I just, it didn't, it didn't work for me in this movie. Like, I, I felt like it dragged. Though I said, like, again, it was better the second time because I knew how it was all going to play out. It, it was hard because it felt like, and I can't, I wish I could remember where I saw this, but somebody said this. I can't remember if it was, like, in our Slack or whatever, but someone said that that whole sequence felt like a low-stakes Rebels episode. I don't know. I haven't seen anyone say that, but I think that's absolutely... Maybe I, I agree with it, that. but I feel like someone said that. Um, so it was But yeah. that's how it felt. It felt very I much... I agree with whoever, whoever said that, and if it was you, please tell us, and we can give you credit. Yeah, I just, but, I'm sorry. But um, it it's... Like, you could have put... Ezra and Sabine in that scene and Chopper and it wouldn't have been different. No. And I feel like it just didn't like it didn't make like, oh, there's this terrible thing happening over here. So we're going to send these on a random MacGuffin chase. The like it was time didn't make sense. The time and, made no sense. Like and I how... don't understand how Poe knows Maz and how Maz knows Justin Thoreau. How do you know, how do you have enough, how was Justin Thoreau not Lando? Oh, so handsome, though. I know, very true. But, and then how do you have enough, you're, you're running out of fuel, but how do you have enough fuel to charge up and send this craft to hype? Like, there's just... It was just, weird. It was a weird was, scene. I, I mean, again, this is a sequence that they were lucky that they had Kelly Marie Tran and John Boyega because they were a delight to watch, engage, and, like, I just... I love Rose Tico so much. I love her, but I will say I did not like her storyline. No, we but that's the thing, is that I love her. I love the character. But they I didn't love, give love. her... I did really appreciate that she got to be the hero, saving Finn from making that decision. But I don't like that she played the exact same role that Rey played for him in The Force Awakens. Like it was this, it was the, it was the same. Like you can't run. It was, it was the same. You can't run from your problems. Like you can't. Like she was the wide-eyed, you know. Like yeah, that's except, true. Like except in terms of like he was like all dazzled by Kanto bite, and she was the smarter one in that respect. But in terms of just how they played the characters, it was the same. Like you can't run from your problems. You have to face them. Like you can't. Although like, I, like, I think that again, it's. Finn's biggest issue, and this is because he got more character development in The Force Awakens and less yeah. character development in this movie. Yeah, he didn't. I'm not saying that he her character development came at the expense of his. I don't feel like he got that much character development. No, he. the thing is, though, his thing is that he tends to sacrifice the larger picture for the smaller, which is ironic considering what we were just talking about in terms of what these movies feel like they're doing right now, which is like sacrificing the larger perspective for these kind of smaller stories and you see that in this when he's like so single-minded about saving ray or at least getting to ray and making sure ray has somewhere to come back to whereas rose is contextualizing it with her sister yeah and you know i'm sort of okay with that in the sense of like maybe there aren't that many stories to tell yeah, no, I get that. It's just I wish it hadn't been two female characters written the same way in subsequent movies. I know, I agree. 
Like, I just, I and I love her. I want to make it clear. I'm not criticizing Kelly Marjorie Tran. She is amazing. Her performance was amazing. Her wide-eyed wonder at, like, Finn, that opening scene was so cute. Oh, I loved it. And her immediate, like, wait, oh, no. And then oh. she shoots, or, like, oh, she like, I loved it. So good. And like, I also love that I think she did provide really important character development in terms of understanding that she understands in a way that a lot of people don't. That this is not a black and white conflict. Yes. Like there's there's there, underneath the underneath the uh, the shininess of Kanto bite. There's darkness. And like something can look like I think Finn has been very black or white in these movies or like understandably like he thinks First Order is evil must you know and and yes they are i'm not trying to say they're not but i feel like she understands in a way that maybe some others don't that like things can look beautiful and be terrible yes and she pushes finn to get to the point that he should have been at the end of the last movie yes which he arguably didn't have the ability to do it was a very yeah. personal for him I the entire I first movie also, the um, the confrontation with Phasma was a big character moment for him yes. because this was a thing that he was. I mean, I think I think a lo- in a lot of ways, Phasma is the personification of the First Order for him. Yes. Like the fat fear. I think he like. I mean, this is just like my extrapolation. This comes from nothing. But like in his head, when he pictures the first monster first of the monster that the First Order is, he sees it's Phasma. Phasma. But in that first movie, it still ended up being about Ray. Everything he was doing was about Ray. And in this movie, we got to see him go from everything being about Ray to being rebel scum. Like when he says, right. like when he says it, he's like, "I'm rebel scum." Basically, I agree. He it's, he went from being running away from the first order to running to the rebellion. Yes, exactly. There's, there's, and that is a, I agree. I agree. That's but a, it's frustrating yeah, no, I, that. I my my statement that he had no character development in this movie but like because you are right it's 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 frustrating that it's at the detriment of the storyline that rose got yeah that make, i agree that, and that i that was a poorly worded sentence told, but you know frankly i think they could have told a more effective story with um like get taking out i think they could have told a more effective story on the ship taking out the haldo stuff keeping haldo and making her a different character or making her like storyline different rather not a different character but and coming like i just i don't like yes. that they left and that i think it was just I weird know. i think they needed they needed a way to show more scenery like i get that i just wish they'd done it in a way that made more sense mm-hmm. and it's really again like i loved the sequences of seeing canto bite of getting to see like yeah. This yeah. other world because I I missed that a little bit in um, the Force Awakens because we get everything is so isolated. At least this we get to see like actual world, which was kind and of nice you don't and like see regular people. In that's that movie. what I mean. It's like you get to see regular people. I mean, not that regular people are these is clearly the richest of the rich, but you see, this is the first time this becomes bigger than just. That yes. scene is the first time. I yeah, I agree with that. That scene exactly. is the first time it becomes bigger than. But I wish it had been done in a more effective story way. Yes, and oh, Benicio del Toro is so good in it. Oh, he was good. He's good at. Oh, he's so good. He's just good. I I don't know. I hope there's a way to bring that character back because I think he's interesting because he he's had very... his, like ups and downs of like, I'm I'm gonna give you your necklace back like. 
but also yeah. I sold you out. <laughs> you know, it's it's playing that line in a way that I he's like the um what's the pirate's name in in Rebels? That's in, in Clone Wars. Hondo. He's like Hondo, right? Yeah. Where it's like he sucks, he he's he's self-interest, but he exists and there are a lot of people like that who exist in the world that you don't get a ton of in in Star Wars because it is such a um, really great. black and white sort of experience yeah. sometimes. But I thought he was great. Like, they really, really benefited from having good actors. I think they, they did. just really did. But um, Rose is, I, I mean, I recommend that everybody read uh, The Cobalt Squadron, which came out from Disney two days ago, which is a middle grade book. And it is an adventure prior that it takes place before... The Last Jedi, and it's the story of Rose and Paige Tico. So Paige is the bomber who died at the beginning of the movie. The sister, yeah. Um, Rose's sister. And kind of how they got into the rebellion, how they started doing the things they're doing, and it really gives you an insight into their characters. Um, definitely recommend reading it. It's a fast read. Uh, but it'll give you, like, building blocks. And it'll give you more of the characters if you enjoyed Rose, which yeah. is nice. In a way that isn't doesn't feel like it's in a scene that you're questioning why that scene is why you're even watching <laughs> this scene and i will like i said i've said this multiple times but it, like if you if that scene took you out of the movie a little bit like it did me um it gets better upon rewatches it's like the same issues that i had with rogue one like the plot and the weird editing have they've softened quite like i don't really notice them as much anymore when i'm watching well because when you look at star wars movies as a whole like they all There's have not, their yeah. issues like yeah. they all have like weird plot issues they all have holes they all have these are not perfectly made films mm. so it's so funny to me that we come out of these movies now and people expect them to have these perfect. expectations of perfection and like you're oh that's when was star a star wars, wars movie every per, ever perfect never like, people would be like, Empire was perfect. No, was it, it wasn't. Like, go look at the reviews of Empire when it first came out. It like, not, and I will yeah. say, as Empire is my favorite of all the Star Wars movies, and I still, that is not a perfect movie. Um, it A lot of that, if you don't know what's coming and you don't understand how they're going to bring it together in the third one, a lot of that movie feels like filler. Yeah. I mean, that movie, you um, like, what? So, like... This is not a perfect movie, and there are no. ups and downs and whatever, but the moments that were great were so great. So great. And I did, I actually really, really loved how varied the aliens were and the creatures were that they created for this movie. Yeah. Um, I could have done without that alien with like eight breasts. I told you that was my least favorite scene with the milking. I did not Not care the milking, for it. the in the in casino. Oh, the egg sack woman. Was that exactly? I don't know. I just, I, uh, mm-hmm. Someone posted a picture from the Visual Dictionary online on Twitter, and yeah, I actually like it a lot more. Knowing that it's exact, the little thing, they're like exacts. Um, but yeah, I liked seeing how varied all of the things were. I liked seeing the practical the effects. Can we talk about the porn? Okay, yeah, I know. I was gonna say like I wish there was more to talk about with Rose and Finn, but I just there's not. There's not like they have their storyline. They have their like rebels adventure that happens. It. And let's be real, Preeti and I. I think everyone knows this about you and me. We love Force lore and we love the galactic. And they're just that and the galactic implications. And we we love diving into that. And there just wasn't a lot of that in there their storyline. It was it was a filler Rebels episode, is what it felt like. I will say though, I think we do really quickly. We'll get to the Porgs because I love them, but. Talking, you know, we talked about Phasma dying so quickly and really like 
such a letdown for this character. The final, um, uh, the final fight between her and Finn felt like so like blah. Yeah. You know, there was no my my, uh, the second op ed I wrote about it, which I guess will go up on fangirls at some point, is that Captain Phasma deserved better. Yes, she did, and you know she's sort of the Boba Fett now. And you know what's frustrating is that everybody said that in the first movie, and they're like, no, 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 don't worry, just wait, just wait, just wait, so much more. And then nothing. She was just sort of this like bureaucratic like shill who looked like they had really great armor but didn't know what they were doing you know and then especially given the backstory we got and they they did a comic miniseries they did an entire novel novelization of her origin story and with all that i was hoping she would kind of be another like benicio del toro type character that would like they were there was there were a lot of echoes of thrawn in phasma yes like you've read the novelization like that kind of she serves the, you know, she serves the masters, but she has her own agenda. And when serving them will no longer further that agenda, she's not going to do it anymore. But it's not. She's just a but, mindless, like, first order goon. And that's like, I was just so surprised that, like, the Phasma I know from the the book and the previous movie, like, you know, lowering the shields on Starkiller base was um, that she would have run knowing that Snoke's ship was about to go down. She would have saved herself and yeah. not stayed for that, not come back for that. I don't final think fight. they knew what to, they created this I, really cool looking character and then didn't know what to do with it. And I think that's, and I go into this in my article and I'm not, I don't want to talk about it because I go read it. But yeah. um, I go into why I think they did, like my reasons for thinking that they did that. It's, it's um, a lot, you know, it's, it's evident on the, on the screen, but like Finn deserved a better, moment because then his big moment is being is turning into post that poe can have an opportunity to tell him not to like it was like they gave finn this like storyline where he's driving the thing into the canon but really he's only there to like so poe can be like no don't do it don't do it and poe can become like their leader that the leader that they've been trying to to be But I did really, really love that Rose is the one that gets him out of the way. I like, like I like, like, like uh, that she got to be the hero. She got to be the hero. The, you know, this is the first time we've had a woman of color in a Star Wars major film as a lead character, and she killed it. And they gave her a really big scene, mm-hmm. and I appreciated that. I know that people are upset about the kiss. I'm fine with it. Like I, I liked I, it. I yeah. was like... First interracial kiss in Star Wars. Exactly. It was the first interracial kiss. It, it was the first... First of all, it's... Bro, uh, Kelly Marie Tran did this interview, and I've been thinking about it for days, where you know a lot of those sequences that John Boyega and she shot were just people of color on the screen. Yeah. Benicio Del Toro. Benicio like, Del Toro. There were entire sequences that were all people of color, and that is humongous. And she said that he said to her one day when they were filming, like, we're making history. Which they did. And they did. And so this kiss to me, I like, I don't know if it's going to be a romance. Like, it felt like very, like, end of battle he, in the moment. She she's thinks lost she's her dying. Sister. Like, emotions are high. Like, that could go anywhere. It doesn't have to go into a relationship. Right. But it was this lovely moment of two characters of color who have found each other. And yeah. have 
recognize something in one another becoming close. Yeah. And that meant a lot. I guess I'm also not super, besides the queer rep, I'm not super invested in any romantic stuff with this. Like, I mean, it's fine if it happens. It's fine if it doesn't. Like, whatever. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of the way I feel about it. So I know some people are, and that is okay. Like, I am not judging or saying you're wrong to, but, like, it's not a big thing I'm concerned about. Yeah, and it was, like, such, like, a cute, sweet little kiss. Like, it wasn't, like, a Han Leia kiss. It was, like, the kiss of someone who's, like, you, I'm really hurt and dazed and you're beautiful and I'm going to kiss you. Yep. <laughs> I just and saved I your like, life cool. and now I'm going to kiss you. And this is not like to say clearly I am a big Finn Poe shipper. I am into it. But I am also very okay with this direction. Like I'm fine yeah. with it. I just really appreciated her getting to save his life. Yeah, I agree. Like and in, in a very sort of different way than Ray did in The Force Awakens. Yeah. Okay, I think So, that's... Porgs. Porgs! Okay, there's not really a lot to say here, but they were adorable, and I loved them. I loved them, and I was so and... sad when Chewie was eating oh, them. Oh, I loved that scene, though. I laughed so hard. I know. We didn't talk a ton about Chewie, um, but one of my favorite sequences in the movie is when Luke is being a drama queen. Oh, and yeah. Chewie and Chewie's like, like what? has that door open and is like, boy... I have known you. I have known you since you were 19 years old and you will talk to this young woman. <laughs> oh, I loved it. I loved it. I did. I mean, oh my God. And I, I did love too that um, Leia and Chewie got their hug. Yes, I think they knew they needed to give us I think, that. I think, yeah, I think I think they knew that, that that hug needed to happen, and I'm glad it happened. I just like that Chewie got to play a little bit of a role. Like we didn't get a ton of Luke and him interacting, but the fact that we got we got that moment, we got Luke, ugh, Luke sitting on the Millennium Falcon. Like my heart. God, yeah. It's just all of it's so sad. It um, is. We like, ugh, yeah. All of that was so sad. I okay. Let's. Let's talk about Carrie Fisher. Let's okay. let's talk about Leia. Um, I of course I loved her. She's remarkable. She's gorgeous. She's such a good, like, great leader. Like, I don't. Yeah, it was hard to watch those scenes. But the, my oh heart, my god, oh, I lost it. I cry, start crying in the theater when R two started playing that recording. I couldn't handle it. I just got goosebumps. Yeah, like, I started literally crying. right here. Um, I I started like like ugly crying too, not just like like pretty tears running down my face like I was sobbing but like when there was my heart stopped when her ship exploded and there's that scene of the fire exploding and she goes forward and like my heart like dropped into my stomach yeah. uh we do need to talk about superhero Leia yeah I love I love that she got to use the force I like, love that we she know got to she's use the been force. using it we know she's been using it like in terms of she could sense when Han died she could sense you know like so we know but we deserved a scene of her using the force because she is a Skywalker and it runs strong in her family just and because she's chosen made the choice not to pursue it doesn't mean she can't exactly use it. and I know people I I can see how people didn't like that scene because it is pretty camp it's, okay, no, it is, it is a hundred, I will, a hundred percent, it is campy, it looked a little silly, but emotionally, emotionally, it, it, I loved it, it, and we deserved it, and I was just going, I was, like, screaming in the theater, and I was like, that's my superhero! 
Oh my God. So, um, like I saw this movie on Monday, Ryan didn't see it till Thursday. And of course he wanted to talk about it without me spoiling anything. Um, and so he would keep asking me questions and like, I, I feel like I was really good about not spoiling anything and like trying to talk about it without like spoiling it for him. The one thing I spoiled was we were talking about like legacy characters that had come over to this new trilogy <laughs> And he was like, wait, Admiral Akbar survived The Force Awakens, oh, right? No! I, like, in the middle of a restaurant. I just lost it. And I started like bawling. And like he was just like, oh my God. Well, I guess I know what happens to him. Oh, and I was, it was like, so I sad. Was it like, was just really? I was like, but of all the people in Akbar? But like, like, I mean, really I though, right? This the, this movie people are upset, I think, because they see this as the end of an era. I think it is. And you're I think losing all of these is. characters. And so. I think, I think that's deliberate. I think John Ryan Johnson was trying to cut ties with what came before, because yes. I think he wants like the, for the franchise to have the freedom to. Yes. And that, but it's brutal and it's war, but I, I think it comes back to us saying that we needed more to see the actualities of this war yeah. because it was all a little convenient, but um, I, I, I was just, my, my phone just lit up because I just got a message from somebody who was like, hilariously right now, um, can I ask you the last Jedi question? The Leia thing. How did she not die in space? Was that floaty thing she did some kind of latent Jedi ability? Yes. Like, I think a lot of people it's the are force. also, like, I've gotten a lot of questions, actually had texted to me about people who are like, I don't understand how she could use the force. Or people who are like, is that how the Force works? Because you see it in... It's so funny. I, I like to joke about how Star Wars doesn't care about physics. Because it doesn't. If you watch the Clone Wars, Anakin is straight up bouncing from like spaceship to spaceship in space. His I think clothes Star Wars are ruffling. If you think of it as like kind of magic and not yes, science. It's Star Wars is a fantasy. It is not a science yeah. fiction. It's not supposed movie. it's not like Star Trek, which is supposed to be based in science. Like it's right. not and it's like not. I can't I don't like it when people try to delve into the science of it because it doesn't work. Because but the really the thing to remember is that Star Wars doesn't care about physics or science mm -hmm. or actualities of science in space. Because if Darth Vader's cape can blow in the wind on the edge of a spaceship, there is no wind in space. If you can look up from one planet and see another planet destroyed that is nowhere near you. That's not space. That's not science. That's not the so, way like, space works. You can't be, I mean, you. anyone can be angry about anything. But it is yeah. hilarious to me that people are angry about this thing but not these other things that also don't make sense. So, like, fine, yes, Leia, it's space. She would have died almost instantaneously. But yeah. it's magic. So she didn't. <laughs> um, okay, so I think we're coming up on, like, two hours for this recording. So We're at least an hour and a half. But there, yeah. we told people it was going to be long, man. Yeah. Um, okay, so is there anything we haven't covered that we need to? I, mean, I think the it's hard because I want to talk about Leia so much because I think that like her passing the reins, the scene with her and Luke, yeah, which we finally really got, which was like I spent the whole time with my I was like sitting next to my sister and I was like he's not really there, he's not really there, he's not really there. He looks so which young you can tell, handsome. like he looks, he looks younger. He's using a different, he's using Anakin's lightsaber, which we know I is know. broken. We know Ray oh. has. 
um, the piece, um, or I think we know Ray has the pieces of it by that point. But either way, he's clearly using. He's clearly Anakin. using. Yes, but he the scene with him and Leia just wrecked me. Just wrecked me of like, I like can't. I'm gonna start crying. It was just so beautiful and getting to see. I am. I'm really start crying. It was it was good. It was it was the emotional. We needed that, especially knowing that Han we, and Luke could never have a reunion. Like they could never have a reunion. But like getting to see Mark Hamill and um, Carrie Fisher on screen. This is so embarrassing. <laughs> no, she is actually crying. Just if you need to know, like there are tears. <laughs> this is uh, not getting, tears of you know joy. Like this is this is getting to see. Like how many times can I cry in this podcast? Uh, getting to see Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher share the scene again, uh, share share the screen again, and and have it was that just such a quiet moment in, in so quiet. much action. It was beautiful. Mark Hamill and she and Carrie just like brought it in this movie, like in terms of acting and. Any doing like, their like, characters justice. Mark Hamill is. I, we you and I both said this. Mark Hamill is an extraordinary actor. He's so good. And he gets and a lot of flack, but he was so good in this movie. He was so movie. good in this movie. Um, he was and so he was good. just, uh, that I can't get over, I'm going to, that scene just broke me in half. And like, I'm so glad we got it. And I'm so glad that we got to see them together one last time. And the, I know what you're going to say. I changed my hair. Oh my God, that was so good. Like it was just, every note of that moment. Was like I feel like you can you can criticize Ryan Johnson for a lot of things, but I think he got Leia and I think he got Luke really well. Yes, he he got he their under he got those and he got the their relationship. He got the importance of those characters, but also understood it's necessary to let go of them to under to really open up the future of the franchise. And, 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 and Leia, 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 Luke channeling Han when he says, see you around, kid. Oh. It was like we got the the goodbye to these characters that I know people are upset about, but we got the goodbye to them that yeah. we needed for yeah. the movies to continue. I was going to be upset. I, I, I had, you and I both had a pretty good inkling that Luke was going to die in this movie. Yes. Like, that was not a thing. The the, the teacher always dies. Like, that's, yes, that's, that's trope it. that Star Wars always sticks to. Like, Qui-Gon died. Obi-Wan died. Yoda died. Like, the, the teacher died. Ha- the teacher has to die for the was hero the to be able to continue. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I knew, and I was, what I was afraid of is how this death was going to happen. Yes. And it was Beautiful. so well done. Oh, my God. The, like, looking the, the twin the, sons. The twin sons. Like the 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 kind of echoes of the twin sons when he's looking. Oh my god! When he's I like posted the, the two. I posted the gif of young Luke looking at the twin sons when I got home from the movie on Twitter with like no explanation, just like five heart emojis. Because <laughs> oh I god. needed like, to it was, do it. Oh, it was. I, it was so good. And yeah, I'm very. Be- I, I'm so nervous about what they're gonna do with Carrie Fisher. I don't have any idea how they're yeah gonna i don't do think i think i read somewhere they won't kill her off and it's probably just going to be oh the general's on a mission I'm like not that, not the oh, oh the general's on a mission part but i read somewhere that i do not think they are going to kill her off they i yeah they just can't let her she her life leia's life is 
she's lost everything in yeah. service in service but she's lost everything like give her her moment of and this is but it's it's like when the fast and furious 7 movie came out we were also worried about paul walker because i was like please yeah. don't kill him i can't handle really, him dying oh, yeah. on screen and they just have him drive off into the sunset and i would be okay with like some sort of like body double being used as like her back and using yes. like old footage. I don't think I want to see her face. No. Please like I don't do think I want like Tarkin levels. ETI carry for sure. But like I would be fine with like a scene that's like her, you know, whatever, like just to have her in it and to explain her absence from the movie. But yeah, like I. Yes. Uh, yes. I have a lot of Carrie Fisher feelings and a lot of like, God, I like, I, 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 after I saw this movie, I gotten to, after I watched this movie, I'm pretty sure, like, I say that the only thing I ruined was the Akbar thing, but I'm pretty sure, I mean, I got into bed as soon, like, when Ryan came home, like, basically, I got into bed, and with my, like, Luke lightsaber, and, like, got under the covers and watched Return of the Jedi and cried, and so, like, I'm pretty sure, he was, like, he I was, yeah, he knew, he knew what happened. But, like, we all sort of, like, Luke had to, he, this was his he movie, he had to, this trilogy is turning into just, like, a goodbye and allowing it to open it up to, like, Which the other... Which makes me wonder if Ryan story. Johnson's going to get the sequel trilogy. Like, because they know. haven't really, they haven't told us anything about what his trilogy is going to be about. No, not at all. And so, like, it makes me wonder if he's done such a good job, like, kind of closing the chapter on what came before and pivoting the franchise to kind of what's coming. Like, if the sequel trilogy is what he got and they just can't, you know, they haven't disclosed it yet. I don't know. I don't know. I uh Yeah, I don't know either. It's just I, that's making me wonder. But um okay, what have we not the fo- the arctic foxes, which I loved they because they were adorable. Yeah. And they really made me think of the wolves in and Rebels. I, and I loved the visualizations on crate of that red Oh, uh, so it was beautiful. Luke was walking around another way you knew is that he wasn't Kylo. The, the red wasn't happening. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. That whole interaction between him and Kylo Ren is so good and so just, like, intense and and you're, like, nail-biting and all of these things. And then I just, oh, I just loved all of but that. But the visualization of Crate was, this movie, like we've said, this movie is a gorgeous movie. Beautiful. I have the, the art of Star, the art of The Last Jedi book. Um, I think that, I'm guessing it's, it's over there um, in a, but it, it felt like it and through the packaging. So I think that's what it is. Um, <laughs> I haven't opened like any of my mail from this week, but I'm hoping that's what it is so I can like sit down with it today. Yeah, because um, it's and... just gorgeous. It's just like the scenes are gorgeous. Like, yeah, the red coming out, the red salt coming out of the like whiteness of that landscape and up against these like, oh, it's just like stunning to, to watch. Um, all right, are there any characters? I think that we haven't touched on. I know huh? there's something like glaring. There's going to be like something that we're going to be like, I can't believe God, we didn't talk We didn't about talk about that. Um, I don't even know. I'm, I'm actually checking because there's something you texted me yesterday that you were like, I want to oh, talk about. Oh, the God about. thing, the God thing. Yes, yes. Okay, that's what it was. Um, so so, um, so Lord Hearn, <laughs> I'm Lynn Haldo, says Godspeed at one point. And it was in the theater it struck me as this thing that I was like, huh, that's interesting. And I've heard discussions. No, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I was just saying it's just not something that you see from Star Wars. So I did 
a search of all the scripts because I'm a huge nerd just to see how frequently they mention the word God. And, you know, there's 3PO, the Ewoks think he's God, uh, a God. Um, Qui-Gon says it to, uh, what's his face? The guy who, who, uh, the Tinker guy in, in Phantom Menace. Yeah. And he says something like, well, according to your gods, oh, no, 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 not to him, not to him. He says it to, uh, the, the Jar Jar Banks when he's trying to get Jar Jar to come up. Whatever. Yeah. But no one uses the phrase like, oh God, they say it happens in A New Hope in the script that's online um, where Luke says, oh God, Uncle Owen, I'm going to get it. But then I watch the scene and you can't hear him say it. You just say, he says like something and then Uncle Owen, like, he says like, oh, Uncle Owen. And then um, I've also heard this, a little bit of this discussion around, um, Han Solo, I think, says hell twice. Yes. In the movie. Yeah, of course. Like, so our like, sign-off. Um, we know that. But, like, it's just um, with – if there's hell, then there's an implication that there's a god. And a heaven sort of, and all of these yeah. things, right? Because the only major religion we really have any look into is the Force. And right. The and Jedi. I did appreciate – I thought it was really interesting how this is the – we've heard it, you know, you, my friend, are the last of their religion. We've heard it like that in ter- those terms – but we ha- like Hammer. I don't think we've ever really heard an actual Jedi talk about it as a religion. Right. We haven't. Which Luke did call it a religion. Because it is. Yeah, it is. The Force is the Force. The Force exists. The Jedi's tenets are the religion around it. Right, and that's um, why, that's another reason why I think like the Jedi Order and like the Jedi. Like I feel like the implementation of religion isn't. The, how it's practiced isn't a reflection on the religion itself necessarily. No, absolutely. That makes sense. Um, but Mar- this idea of like Haldo, and it was such like a laden with meaning, like with meaning when she like looks out the window and says, Godspeed. Yeah, it is. It's a good scene. It's a good scene, but the, the implications of that are just so fascinating because one, she says it and then everything goes to shit. Yeah. You know, um, what that is to say about the idea of like faith and how it doesn't matter if you have faith, if it goes, if there's nothing you can do. I like the idea that things don't always work. The plans don't, the last minute plan doesn't always work out. I mean, this, this whole movie felt very much like a takedown of faith, right? Leia loses her faith in her son. Um, Right. Like, I mean, yeah, like I think, I think faith, that it's all going to work out is not always enough. Yeah, they have faith that people will come through and then no one responds. None of their allies respond. That is brutal. That's right. a brutal moment. Because you so, expect people to sh- – oh, like a bunch of ships to sh- – it's like that scene in Rebels where yes. like Mon- – it's like the birth of the rebellion and then Mon Mothma makes that speech and then all – like you're like you don't think anyone's going to show up and then And then they show all up. show up. But like, this you was that. the opposite. This- nothing and no one can it's it's this i like there's you cannot have faith necessarily or you or is it that you keep the faith despite the odds but yeah. we, we saw no real evidence of that um well no i think it is you keep the i mean faith. the faith you, they they kept the faith and luke the did hope. end up showing up right and i think you keep that you have to have hope right and like the, i think it's that you have to is there a difference though between faith and hope because faith is the expectation right i that agree it will yeah. happen and hope is like like, it may you not, have but I want to continue to hope, like, thinking that it will. Yeah. Expectations. 
cool. Right. And that's the entire movie to me. Like, this yes. is not going to go the way you think. Like, right. That, that was the movie. And I think it was, it did that very well. And I'm really, I'm more excited for the, f- I'm very excited for the future of I the franchise. So I think it opens excited. up the possibilities for all, all these characters that it's no longer tied to the Skywalker. And I have no theories. I have. No, I have no theories anymore. No idea where, because they could take it literally anywhere by, by pulling in elements of both empire and return of the jedi into this one movie we are we've gotten now the trilogy we've gotten the pieces of the trilogy we're gonna get what's what's gonna happen next out of these so now right there's nothing what i i mean there's no i have no idea Mm -hmm. and that is so exciting it is really exciting all right that feels like a nice natural place to end this super super long podcast i would say i'm sorry but we're we're not not sorry we're not um, okay, so like, let's do some housekeeping really quick. Um, we're part of the Hard Knock Life podcast network. So it's a bunch of um, network podcasts run by, um, hosted by people of color. It's pretty cool. You should check out some of the other podcasts. Preeti, were you, did you happen to guest on a Hard Knock Life podcast I did. recently? I did. I guested on um, Southern Fried Asians, which is hosted by Keith Chow, who also runs the Nerds of Color um, network, but it is about Asians who grew up in the South and what that was like, because oftentimes our identities, people might feel like they're in Congress with the idea of growing up in the South, but Swapna and I are both from the South. We are. Um, And so it was a really fun podcast to be on. We had a really great conversation about what that meant. Um, Definitely check it out. Southern Fried Asian. Um, Okay. And then... So we are doing. We did do a Daisy the Geek Girls holiday card. All of the holiday cards are now gone. But if you, um, if you should have multiple messages in your inbox if you are a patron and we do not have your address, so you need to get those in today. So please get those in. Otherwise, we are going to open up. We have like I think five holiday cards um, that um, we're waiting on addresses from. So we're going to open those up because. Um, but please, if you are still getting them, please send us like pictures. We are really enjoying watching because the cards are so ridiculous. We will it's post so a picture fun. eventually. But these cards are so ridiculous. And so we're really enjoying people's reactions. I know. Thank you. Keep posting them. It's really fun. We're having a good time. Getting yeah. Okay, we're not retweeting you only because we don't want to ruin it for the people who haven't gotten it yet. So yeah. we will. Well, there will be a massive sort of retweet and like whatever. And I think we'll probably post it. In the next Christmas Eve days, or probably. Christmas Day yeah. or something. Um, but thank you so much to everyone who did uh, support our Patreon for this. We had a really good time putting these cards together and sending them out. It's <laughs> good. Okay. So for our Patreon subscribers, thank you to I Bet I'm Very Smelly, Fazia and Anne-Marie at the $10 level, and Martha, Brandy, Rahul, Sam, Jordan, Annie, Megan, Claire, Brian, Robert, and Gayatri at the $5 level. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Girls. Um, I am at Run, Run With Skizzers. And I am at S. Krishna. Please rate the show on iTunes. Pretty it sure it helps people find the show. I say that. I don't know if it's true, but I, I don't think know, it is. But, um, but if you like what you hear, like, please uh, give us a review. Um, and otherwise, we'll see, we'll see you, you in, in hell. hell.